from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge Podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome to the Coach's Edge Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up, YouTube? And I want to share a few quick thoughts regarding player development because in the offseason, that's where we really concentrate on developing our players uh, as basketball coaches, as basketball trainers, whatever that that might be. In the season, that's much more about how can our individual skills complement the team. That's always in the back of our mind when we're developing throughout the course of the year, but it's really getting very, very specific in season. And then, of course, a lot of our time is allotted to what are we doing as a team from a strategy standpoint. Offseason, that's when players are made, okay, and there's no time to waste. Hopefully you've had a chance to rest, reflect, refocus, and think about this past season, what we can do moving forward. So a couple of questions that I want you to ask yourself regarding your team. Do you have players or do you need to develop players? So what do I mean by that is if you have some players that basketball is their favorite sport, they play a lot, they're probably playing a lot of AAU, maybe they're single sport or two sport athletes, you have players you have players already, then it becomes much more about how we can get very specific to put them in the best position to succeed. Some of them probably want to play college basketball. And obviously because they're playing so many games already, you can get very specific and find those sweet spots that are going to help them continue to develop as a player. However, if you're in the position where you need to develop players because they're playing three sports, They don't play basketball during the summer and spring. There's nothing wrong with this, by the way. It's just the situations. And honestly, there's probably the majority of those players for a lot of teams that I work with anyway, and then maybe have one or two that are in the already a player department. So if you need to develop players, we need to have a plan. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? We need to get specific with our plan. So again, more questions. Where are you now? Have you done a good job of evaluating your program, their strengths and weaknesses from a skill development standpoint of shooting, passing, ball handling against pressure? How do you defend, right? Because we can work on some of the things, especially regarding our body, and then work on some technique that'll help us as a defensive player. We can do different drills. They have a defensive focus, playing a lot of one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. All these different aspects of the game, we're evaluating. Are we trying to develop players because their decision-making is lacking? Why is their decision-making lacking? Because they don't play a lot of basketball to begin with, right? If I see players that are playing a lot of basketball, we usually don't need to do as much of the decision-making drills. We can just pick some techniques and dig into there. Why don't we do as many decision-making drills with those specific players? Because they're constantly making decisions because they're always playing you know, who knows how many games throughout the spring and summer with their AU teams, right? So we dig into some other things. For the players that are not playing a ton of basketball throughout the course of the year, when we do get them in, we need to make sure we're incorporating those decision-making skills as well. So the evaluation, where are you now? Where do you want to be is our next question. And then the tough part is what's going to take to get there? 
is where I want to be. Is that realistic for, you know, six months from now? Is that realistic for us? And then it's also important for us to put down, I think, a five-year plan, right, which gets into our, our coach's guide with Coach's Edge. And there's some things we can build year in and year out that will help strengthen our, our program. But if we're talking this year specifically, and you got about six months, let's say, what's it going to take to get there? We need to be specific with the skills that we want to teach. What are some of the biggest bang-for-the-buck skills that are going to give our players the biggest room for growth. Because as much as it may seem like we have a lot of time, six months, if you really break down for certain coaches that I know, how often they're actually going to be in the gym with their players and have the chance to teach the game to them, that's really not that much time. And so we want to make sure that those things really add up. They're very beneficial when we do get that time. So how may we go about teaching our players when it comes to skill development? Well, we got to touch on some of these main instruction types. Block practice, same thing. You're very deliberate with what you're doing again and again and again. That could be form shooting as an example. Do they need to work on their technique? I think we're going to get some more block practice reps in. Uh, Are they a player that... We need to start to sprinkle in variable practice, right? Your multi-skill drills as an individual player. It could be starting under the basket, making a move, going out to the three-point line. And then I make another move coming back from the three-point line, and I'm working on a specific finish. So those are multi-skill drills, right? I'm not just doing the finish over and over. I'm not just doing the dribble move over and over, right? Varying our skills. So that could be an individual drill. It could also be a multi-player drill. Right. Being able to work on dribble drive offense. OK, I'm, I'm driving middle. What are my passing reads kicking out for a three? How are we moving without the basketball there? My passing options. We rep that out two on over three on oh, and some of that, you know, drive, kick, swing type movements within when the dribble drive. Right. So that could be multi skill drills. It could be a shooting drill that's variable, meaning I catch a shoot of three. I one dribble pull up right. I one dribble pull up left go to another spot and do that again, right? So it's not the same thing again and again and again. There's no decisions being made, but we're able to teach the game from the standpoint of here's what we're trying to concentrate on. When you rip it, I don't want you to dribble straight up and down. I want you to punch that dribble to space so we're covering ground. And then we get on balance, make sure we're pushing through the floor evenly off both feet, landing on two feet, good balance, right? We're able to teach those specific things. Then we get into the random practice, right? Random practice could be as simple as having a partner. Like we got a super old drill on YouTube where my brother's dribbling two basketballs and then I yell out right or left. And then that's the hand that he has to pass the basketball with. Well, the other hand has the ball. And so that's the hand that takes a dribble and gets into his pull up. Then he backpedals out. I hit the first basketball to him and he catch and shoots a three. Right. So he's working on his ball handling. He's working on his passing. He's working on his pull up. He's working on his back pedal three. So there's a lot of skills we're working on there, but it's also random because he doesn't know what hand I'm going to tell him to pass the ball to me. And he doesn't know when he's going to have to make the pass. So there, we've randomized some of that. That's really, really good for player development because you start to develop those instincts, right? You start to be able to develop the quick decisions that you're making because that's what happens in a game, right? The defense does something. You read it. 
you decide what you're going to do, and then you act upon it. And then it happens again and again and again. Defense does something. You read what the defense does. You decide you're going to do something, and then you act upon it. Deciding to acting is slow for some players. It's fast for some players. That's what we're working on. If my decision-making where I decide what to do and then I act and there's a big gap in between there or my read to my decision, I should say, I'm reading the situation, I'm reading the situation, the processing of when I decide to do something and then go into my action. If that's slow, then we know we either knew, excuse me, we need to do a better job of teaching some of the proper reads or we need more of the reads so that they can get more practice in and making the correct decisions. How are they going to make the correct decisions? They're going to make some of the wrong ones. And then they're going to make the right decisions, but it's going to be too slow. And then they're going to speed that up and they're going to get it down, right? That's the learning process. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And then you have some of the the game-based drills, right? Easy transition into, into gameplay, right? These could be three on three. These could be running. Um, I'm big on Zoom action, right? And, and Coach's Edge, we just uploaded a Zoom action PDF, small side of games, one-on-one to two-on-two to three-on-three of Zoom actions, right? So that would be a very good example of game-based drills. We run Zoom action within our offense, okay? So how can we break some of our scoring options down in a one-on-one situation, in a two-on-two situation, all the way up to a three-on-three situation for this given example, right? And then from there, because we're able to break it down, we're able to teach certain things to our players based on, okay, when I set that screen, if I if I have a, a cutter in the corner and I'm coming down from the wing to set that screen for my cutter, what are my reads? Do I have the opportunity to slip to the basket? Am I just going to rock that defender if it's nice and clean there? And then I'm going to drop back to the corner and I'm going to spot up. Is there a a type of opportunity for me to get into the post? If the player who comes off the zoom and they really lift high and they're not really getting downhill, did they switch it big to small? I'm going to post up the, the guard there. Right. Maybe that's a screen combined with the screen. Right. So I set a screen for the cutter. Player comes and uses the handoff on the zoom. And then I'm going to set a flare screen. So the person who does the handoff can backpedal back to the corner. Right. And then I'm going to slip to the back. Like I, I could go on and on. There's, there's one of the reasons I love zoom action. There's like an infinite amount, especially when you get into three player game instead of two on two, there's so many different actions that a player could make. But that's game-based drills, right? And so as you think about creating your workouts for your players, it's got to start with their needs and your team's needs. And then starting to figure out what's realistic for us to accomplish in this given amount of time that's going to benefit us the most, right? Like if I'm if I'm working an hour on ball handling with a kid who's – pretty good at ball handling, we're going to get better at those skills, but is the best use of our time if they really need to learn how to shoot off the dribble because they're a dominant ball handler, but they don't have a pull-up game. 
And you, and it's surprising how much I've seen that where we'll have kids that have great handles. We'll have kids that can shoot it pretty well, but they stink at shooting off of the dribble because that's a, that's really its own separate thing. Right. And so do we need to work on specifically isolating the pull-up jump shot? That's a big one that we could touch on as well. Right. And so Make sure as you're designing your workouts, you're thinking about what those needs are and then how do you best go about attacking those different needs. It's going to be different. You know, when people ask me questions, a lot of times I say that it depends and then I'll go into a detailed answer, right? Because they've they've asked me a, a very nuanced question, but they want a quick, easy answer and fix. That's not how any of this stuff works. Now, I'm going to try to simplify things and and subtract things the best that I can as a coach to make things very clear. But you, sometimes a detailed question is, is you're going to get a detailed answer back, right? And it's the same thing when it comes to our player development workouts. Are we going to spend a lot of time doing block? Are we going to spend a lot of time doing variable? Are we going to spend a lot of time doing random practice? Are we going to spend a lot of time doing uh, game-based drills, small-sided games? And the answer is probably yes for all of them, right? We got to keep it moving. We want to have fun. We want to make sure that the workouts aren't getting stale. They're not getting boring, right? But at the same time, we've let our kids know where our bread and butter is. And if you really break down with a passion, that working on your four phases of form shooting, which is in our coach's edge, working on your four phases of form shooting, which is only going to take four or five minutes a day, but you're doing that five days a week. And you're passionate about the improvement that's going to happen if they're consistent with that and the long-term results that they're going to have six months from now when they go into basketball season. They're going to do it. And you can continue to reinforce like, hey, I know this may be boring, but guess what? The results are on the other side of boring. And if I understand the results are on the other side of boring, God darn it, I'm in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, even if it's boring. However, you can't make the full workout boring. I could make five minutes boring. But if I make 60 minutes boring, guess what? We're done. Gone right? Your players aren't going to want to come back. They're not going to work hard. They're not going to have that vibe, the energy. They're not going to want to be in the gym. And so that's the part about coaching. You got to figure out what do what's our daily vitamins. We knock this out no matter what, good, bad, or indifferent. And then what are the other ways that we're going to work on our ball handling, whatever those skills may be to continue to learn, grow, and improve. And we spice those things up to keep it moving, to keep it fresh, to keep it fun, and to keep it competitive. Now, I'll go back to Chris Hussain, who was on our podcast a couple of years ago. She talked about the importance of teaching, competing, and training, and how each workout is going to have some of that, or each practice is going to have some of those three components in it. From a big picture standpoint, each practice is going to have a theme that would go into one of those three buckets as well. And so I would venture to guess in the early stages of your off-season programming, there's going to be more teaching because you want to make sure that everybody understands the direction that we're going to go. And that 
that's just going to involve a little more detail, which means it's going to involve a little more talking, right? Just want to break down to your guys and girls. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. I want to make sure our communication is on point. I want to make sure that you're not doing the drills that I've designed for you, but you don't have a good understanding of why we are doing these drills. So I'm going to make sure off the jump, we're on the same page. So that would be teaching. And it may be, you know, a week's worth of, of teaching and a handful of workouts that you have together, right? And then from there, you're getting into training and competing workouts while sprinkling in the teaching on those on those things, right? And so that can give you more of maybe a long-term strategy of what some of these workouts would look like. If you're working through June, you're working throughout the month of June, you're working, you know, throughout the course of summer, whatever that looks like. I know every state has a few different rules with what they can do and the access that they get with, with their players. Okay. But you got to cover all the skills, block, variable, random, game-based, um, teaching, training, competing is very important. Got to keep it fresh. Can't get boring. You also need to understand what are the, keeping the main things, the main things. And sometimes that can mean uh, a little monotony, but boy, if you really sell to your kids that this is going to show improvement later on, they're going to buy in. That's just part of being on a team, right? Being part of a team means that you're going to do some things at different points that may not be your favorite thing to do, but you're part of the team. That's what you do. That's how you go about doing it, right? So uh, we have presentations of this with video breakdowns, drills, hundreds of drills, hundreds of videos, Great PDFs with small-sided games like close-out small-sided games, help-side small-sided games, transition help-sided games, zoom action small-sided games, dribble-drive small-sided games. Like just it's We've put a lot of time and effort into coachesedge.coach. So if you want more, especially player development this time of year, how can we get better in the offseason? We can develop better basketball players. That's how we can get better this time of year. So if that's you – jump in our membership, join our coaches from around the country that are dedicated to getting better. And we're doing it at a faster rate because of the community that is involved. Go to coachesedge.coach. If there's anything that I can do for you, reach out, contact at kramerbasketball.com. Get after it today.